0: Welcome to this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. This week I spoke with Will, who is from West Virginia, and is the author of an amazing Schoolie book titled Schoolie How to Convert a School Bus or Van into a Tiny Home. Will has built a number of schoolies over the past six years and is presently working on his next edition. From traveling across the United States with his fiance to renting out his schoolie on Airbnb, Will has a passion for everything schoolie. Grab a warm beverage, a copy of Will's book, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of A Canadian Schoolie Podcast. Uh, we can't travel across the border right now, but through the audio waves, we're able to uh, get a very special guest in uh, from the States. And Will, without further ado, could you uh, introduce yourself?
1: Uh, yeah, Bob, thank you for inviting me to the podcast. My name is Will Sutherland, and I have been building a handful of schoolies for the last six years, and uh, I wrote a book on the basics of converting a school bus into a schoolie, and um, I'm living in West Virginia, so about an hour and a half west of Washington, D.C., in the eastern panhandle of West Virginia, and uh, I'm getting married in September, and I'm 37 years old, and that's about that's about... All I could think of to say off the top of my head right now.
0: (laughs) Now, Will, where did you uh, learn the skills to, you know, jump into a schooly life and start building one?
1: Well, I found a lot of crossover just from basic construction projects um, that I worked on with a Mennonite family that I knew growing up and uh, working with them for like 15, 20 years. It really gave me a good foundation for the process of doing things correctly and taking my time and just working through the carpentry process, and also doing so in a minimalist manner. And uh, on top of that, just my interest in small, tiny houses and that type of thing throughout my whole life. Before the tiny house craze came to be, I always thought it was neat to have a miniature setup and just to live simply. So it kind of went hand in hand. In addition to my fascination with uh, trucks and things as a young young child, so it all kind of came together to. Um, and, and then I discovered the schoolie community and it was like uh, there was no uh, hesitation there.
0: And now, Will, you wrote this book uh, titled Schooley. It's a beautiful book that uh, I've read when I was going through my process. Um, that's part of your income stream. What are some of the other jobs that you do uh, that would support yourself?
1: Well, for the last um, up until about a year ago, I was working in a, at a, a concert venue and I was managing shows everything from Merle Haggard to uh, the Doobie Brothers, and uh, I got unfortunately laid off due to COVID, and um, then I decided to just double my Airbnb. I have one uh, school bus that is on Airbnb, and it's been so popular, and everyone I've met has been so nice, so I thought to myself, I'm just gonna build another Airbnb. So I built a treehouse, and in addition to those incomes from those two Airbnbs, I have a sawmill, and I also, uh, do a lot of other random projects for people but um as of right now i'm pretty much a full-time airbnb host and i'm actually making more money than i was working uh 45 50 hours a week
0: now will you have a few uh, animals running around your feet there could you tell the guests a few of the animals that you have
1: oh I, yes i have uh 14 chickens a bunny two dogs and uh that's about it right now. We had a a, a pony and she was really old and she unfortunately passed away not too long ago. But, um, yeah, we have about three and three quarter acre here and we try to make the most of it and, uh, share it with all the critters.
0: Now, Will, do you live in a school bus as well or you just make
1: them? I do not live in a school bus, but I have always been traveling in them for the last uh, six years. And, um, we have a small home that i got during the uh, economic recession in 2010 so i really had no other it was a no-brainer to get the house at that point so i did and then I, i really never wanted to live in a house type like a big house so this one is 900 square feet but i find myself gravitating towards taking trips in the schoolie every weekend to get out of the house really so my heart is more in the schoolie i'd have to say
0: And do you have one main schoolie? Like when you talk about going out on the weekends, can you tell us a little bit about this schoolie that you uh,
1: travel in? Sure. We've actually had uh, a few primary schoolies and we've driven them for a year or two and sold them to get something different because we do enjoy building them. And right now my schoolie is incomplete. It is a four window Chevrolet uh, 2007 and I haven't started uh, renovating it yet, but we did have a 2004 chevy that i sold to a nice couple in chicago about a month ago and that's where we are right now we're technically schoolie lists minus our airbnb schoolie, which is parked permanently so right now i'm kind of in uh I'm in between schoolies
0: now when you uh when you're working on your next schoolie, are you going to document it in any way the same way you did with your book or videos or are you going to do any of that stuff
1: I'm hoping to really document this thoroughly on YouTube, as well as my Instagram stories and my Instagram page in general. The I don't know the exact vision of how it's going to turn out, but I have uh, aspirations of making this bus a four-wheel drive schoolie, and I've already invested in an axle that will fit in the front that has a matching gear ratio to the rear axle, and I've been doing a lot of research on how to make that function with the current drivetrain and the alterations I'm going to need to make so that we can have a bus that can get us most places that we want to be here in our uh, younger days before we're unable to really go hiking in interesting places off the beaten path.
0: So now the book that you produced uh, titled Schoolie, you featured other people in the book or was this just from the Schoolies that you've created?
1: I featured other folks that I reached out to. I did contact a a ton of people and many people didn't get back to me. I know everyone's super busy, but I did uh, fortunately hear back from a handful of people who I really uh, appreciated uh, sharing in the book, just to give some other perspectives on how to do things and different sizes of buses and different intentions for uh, a schoolie. Some people just have it for occasional travel. Some people have full uh, families that live in there full time. And other people just want something for themselves only, that they travel around to different jobs, such as a traveling nurse job. So I wanted to um, really paint a picture of the variety of schooly um, uses.
0: Well, I think you captured it. You've you've done an excellent job with the book, and I highly recommend it to others out there uh, to to find it and purchase it. It's a, it's a wonderful book.
1: I thank you very much for that. Yeah, it, it was a true passion of mine to finish the book. And um, I I would like to say I've made some money off of it, but really I've only paid off my college loans with the income from the original uh, bus that I built for the book that I featured in the book and I sold to a family from France, actually. So the uh, income from the book thus far has uh, paid off my college debt here in the States. And if anyone else is listening that has college loans, they know that's a big deal. And that
0: would probably be a lot of money.
1: Yeah, I think I, I ended up making around 28000 off of that bus, um, but I had to make a lot of alterations for the family. They had they had some custom desires, so I added a lot of, of extra solar panels, a big roof deck. Uh, I moved the entire kitchen down some, and I turned the main bed a different direction and added a closet, so it ended up being a, another kind of another schoolie build in itself.
0: Now, Will, when you were looking for a publisher for the book, was that something that was difficult, or did the publisher's uh, story, as the name of the publisher, uh,
1: was it easy to find? Actually, Story reached out to me and encouraged me to pitch the idea for the book, and they had caught an article about us in a popular mechanics magazine, and it was uh, about six months later, after some back and forth, that uh, they liked what I had pitched, and we started making plans for when they'd come down and document the conversion of the bus that would be featured in the book. And uh, in the meantime, I was working on the manuscript and uh, going through uh, a lot of editing and bouncing the ideas off a bunch of other editors that I was fortunate enough to have um, to you know, ask some questions to.
0: Now, which one do you take more pleasure in, writing a book or converting a bus into a schoolie?
1: Well, uh, as long as the weather's nice, I would definitely prefer building the schoolie. However, when we were building the bus, we called it the book bus. When we were working on the book bus, every day was some type of terrible weather phenomenon that seemed like it just wasn't meant to be. But nonetheless, we persevered and got it done. There was at one point a torrential downpour that wasn't even on the radar that came along while we were painting the roof of the bus and all the paint dripped down the windows and Along the sides of the bus, and my fiance and I just looked at each other like, "Oh my gosh, this is why are we doing this?" But um, we 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 toughed it out. And um, if you were to ask me if I'd rather do that in that moment or work on the book, I'd say I'd rather uh, be writing than working on the schoolie. But for the most part, I'd much prefer to be hands on. Now,
0: with your travels, uh, you know, in different locations throughout the states, um, have you had the opportunity to come to Canada yet with your schoolie?
1: I actually have not, but I really, really want to. We have this long-term dream of uh, traveling all across Canada and then uh, touching Alaska briefly and then coming back down through uh, Washington and Oregon. And we really like that whole region. And we were hoping to do that in the dead of summer at some point which is kind of why we're building this new bus that is going to be more capable in case we run in any backcountry areas that we don't necessarily want to take a big bus and, you know, run the risk of getting stuck or breaking down and having to pay an arm and a leg for a tow truck that's twice the size as a normal tow truck.
0: So now the experiences you had in the States, uh, could you tell us
1: about an adventure that you would have had? Well, we have traveled all the way to California and Oregon, and up to Maine, uh, down to North Carolina several times. Uh, we've gone to Utah specifically, where we took our most recent school bus. And uh, the adventures—I will tell you—a lot of the adventures are centered around just the the roads here in America that are pretty in the—they're pretty much isolated, and you really have to watch your fuel, make sure you're not going to run out of uh, diesel um, between gas stations in the middle of let's say, um, Kansas, for instance, um, there are some very remote places here, and we are excited to explore more of those areas, but some of the toughest terrain, I'd say, is the higher elevations in Colorado, where our motor kind of struggled, and um, we just had to work, you know, take our time. I think that's uh, that's an anthem that a lot of school owners will understand, you know, it's not about how fast you get there, because you're already in a way sitting in your destination, which is being in the school bus, having an adventure, so.
0: Now, as we know with any adventure, it's not all roses and chocolates. Exactly. Uh, what's a mishap that uh, has fallen on your lap as a result of these troubles?
1: Well, at one point we ran out of water and we um, filled our water tank back up. And when I went to turn the sink on, we were getting no water pressure at all and I didn't understand what was going on. So we had to pretty much use jugs of water for the remainder of the trip and ended up, what happened is the water tank had some leftover residue on the bottom of it that as the tank was uh, running empty, it pulled those uh, small pieces of residue up and it got stuck on the little filter on the bottom of the sink and all along, that's what was keeping the water from flowing and I had replaced the water pump and done all types of trial and error. And all along, it was just the little filter on the bottom of the sink. It's a stupid mistake, but we—I uh, made sure to make to make a post explaining: don't go replacing your water pump if you think it's going bad. It might just be, you know, junk.
0: And were you out in the middle of nowhere when that happened, or were you close to a place where you could get water?
1: Uh, fortunately, we were—we uh, were still on the highway, so we were. Uh, uh, Within an hour or so of a destination where we could refill, it was just frustrating when you have an issue and you know you're still trying to get through your trip and you're worried about more problems. We've also had things just completely fall off in the bus while we're driving due to uh, terrible potholes um, on certain roads. We had a really cool decorative um, longhorn across the back of our bus that just completely fell off on one bump, and <laughs> and we've also had issues where we've gotten stuck in the bus, um, almost got stuck in the sand once. So I have made sure to keep some of those traction mats that you see overland trucks use. They're actually pretty useful for buses too. And we've also uh, had breakdowns where we had to get new batteries. We've had breakdowns where, um, well, let me think. There's a several things. We had cables that went bad that connected to the batteries. We've had flat tires. We've had all the normal things that you experience on big road trips, I guess.
0: Yeah, you really gain a lot of patience uh, driving across the country in one of these buses, don't you?
1: You do. Oh my gosh. yes, and it's a good relationship builder. If I'm without Sabrina, my fiance by my side, uh, being you know positive, I don't think I would have made it for for some of these trips. I probably would have given it up.
0: <laughs> now, uh, now you've you've built a number of these schoolies. Uh, you're in the process of starting your next one what's one thing in the next schoolie that you're really going to put a lot of detail to, or you're really looking forward to working on?
1: I think the next, what I'm really looking forward to working on this next bus is the interior layout being um, very tied together, I guess is what I'm trying to explain. The counter is going to wrap around from the passenger side and then be at the same height as the bed. So, I'm going to try and make a steel, I'm going to weld up a steel uh, subframe that would include the countertop and the bed frame all in one to reduce any potential rattling. And I know everyone has experienced the battle of the rattle on these buses. So that's one of the reasons. But I also wanted to bring the bed up higher so I could make a little space for our dogs underneath of the bed. So it kind of adds to the space. Because when I'm looking at my previous buses, I realize there's so much headroom over the bed. We don't need all that headroom and we can make more use of the, what we call the basement under the bed. So I'm going to increase the basement, put it in line with the counter and try to really make the most of a smaller space. Now that I've experienced the bigger bus and I kind of coming back now to a smaller bus because I realize I don't need as much space for my uh, purposes.
0: Now, Will, I missed it maybe at the beginning. What's the length of your bus?
1: The length of the bus, I'm actually looking at it right now. It's 10 feet behind the driver's seat and its total length bumper to bumper is about 15 feet so it's definitely a short bus and it came from washington dc there's actually no rust on it which i was very uh uh, happy to see i guess in dc they don't drive at all if it's snowing so the only ailment with the bus is a, a saggy suspension in the front i imagine from all the stop and go traffic red light to red light in the city so it's about 15 feet total and in length and eight feet wide, seven and a half feet wide on the inside.
0: You've written the book on this, that's that's you. Uh, Out there, people are just starting to get into schoolies, they're learning about them, they're halfway through projects. Some of them are just hitting the road, some are living in them, some are just traveling. What's the piece of advice that you would give to people out there um, or in the schoolie community?
1: I think what concerns me the most when I hear people talk about doing a bus conversion is whether or not they'll know what type of bus to look for and the potential issues that they might find if they go to see a bus that they don't know exactly. No one knows exactly what indications are there for a bus that's perfect or not great. So I think my biggest point, point of advice would be to first make sure that the bus doesn't have any rust that is significant to the point where you can make some repairs on it. And secondly, make sure that the bus is able to do the speed that you intend to travel. A lot of folks I've heard will buy a bus, put all this work into it, and then when they actually start to drive it, they come to realize it'll only go 55 miles an hour. And while for some that's fine, if you're planning to drive across country uh, at 55 miles an hour, it's kind of a pain to um, keep with traffic with that speed limiter. So it sounds kind of simple, but really the foundation is the most, in my opinion, the most important part of doing these buses. And it all starts with picking the right one and making sure that your uh, intentions for what you're going to do with the bus are clear. If you're going to use it for full-time living and you're going to be on the road, I'd get a big bus, make sure it does highway speeds. But if you're going to keep it parked, you don't need one that necessarily does highway speeds because it's going to stay in one place.
0: Yeah, I just interviewed uh, a gentleman from Australia a few weeks ago, and he has a beautiful double-decker bus. Uh, but his max is out at 30 miles an hour on the highway, and he's traveling around Australia.
1: Oh, wow. Well, I mean, it's a, that's a very unique vehicle. Possibly he could swap the drivetrain out, but if I was you know, putting a lot of money and effort into something and I have discovered it could only do 30 miles an hour, Eh, I might be a little a little disappointed.
0: It kind of looked like the green one that's on the bottom cover of your book, but as a double-decker. It was an oh, older yeah. one.
1: Nice, nice. Yes, I have a friend who has a double-decker that has similar body lines as that green bus on the book cover, but it's red, and he has it permanently parked. Apparently, it's impossible to find parts for it and whatnot, but it's so cool. It's such a neat bus. I know that we can raise the roofs on our buses if we want to, but that whole second layer... The second level is amazing.
0: Now, what do you think the future looks like? Where do you see six months to a year down the road for uh, you and your fiance?
1: Well, we're going through the whole getting married process. So it is, and believe it or not, it's a lot more uh, time consuming than I expected. But if I were to tell you where I want to be in six months, I want to have my bus almost finished. And I'd like to have uh, a couple trips lined up. I don't know, It has. I have this eerie feeling of something's wrong right now because I don't have a schoolie that's ready to hop in and just go. So I'm definitely motivated right now to get it finished.
0: Do you have a specific destination where you'd like to go to first?
1: Well, if we don't have it ready until the winter, we'll probably go towards Florida and New Orleans because uh, my fiance has never been there. But I, really, I, I want to go towards uh, Banff and then on out west further and possibly up into Alaska um, whenever we can go. I don't know what her schedule is going to be like in the next couple of years, but that's my dream. It's nice to have that flexibility. Yeah. Now, Will, you
0: have information online. You share it with a lot of people. Uh, obviously, you have learned from other people online as well. Are there like one or two people out there that you would recommend others to follow?
1: Well, I'll. I was on Instagram early on and when there were only maybe 10 to 15 schoolies that I could find on Instagram. And I've always been fond of bus life adventure, always found a lot of good feedback from them and uh, personal messages. I can can go back and reference for ideas and encouragement. And um, he's just a great center for networking to other, finding other schoolies also. And uh, schoolie.net, my friend who is down in uh, North Carolina, they have an amazing um, schoolie. They met me here once at my house, they came through and it's, it was just a beautiful schoolie. They've since sold it, but he now has a business where he makes parts uh, for schoolie conversions such as window deletes and um, pretty much anything custom, like the custom roof rack, roof uh, deck mounts and items like that. And they're, so, they're such a passionate group of people.
0: Very cool. And have you been to Palooza?
1: I have not. I was scheduled to go and do a class there. However, it was right as COVID was taking place. So it got canceled and eh, it is what it is, I guess. Next year. Yep. Yep. I hope that's more motivation to have my bus ready. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'll see you there. Uh, We'll see how things go. That would be awesome. You know, the first schoolie, uh, the first other individual I met who had a schoolie was from Canada. And I was, um, I met them at the Prairie gra- a Prairie Campground in the Redwood Forest in Northern California. And it was wow. so neat. And that's where I also had uh, my first breakdown in the schoolie. And it ended up being um, bad battery cables. And it wasn't until I had replaced the starter and both batteries, luckily under warranty, um, that I realized all along it was just the bad ground. So always check your grounds.
0: Now, Will, what would you recommend for final words? What's your words of advice and words of wisdom for the folks out there?
1: Well, my biggest uh, anthem that I try to preach is to take your time with them. Don't rush. Really identify what you want to do with your schoolie. Don't just jump in with no exact idea. At least have an inkling of where you expect to be with this with your schoolie if you um want to travel in it then set it up to be a traveling bus and if you just want some extra space to park next to your parents house then you know plan ahead make sure that it's you know okay with your neighborhood to have it there and just pre-planning is the biggest deal i'd say budgeting and pre-planning well listen buddy
0: i greatly appreciate the conversation and if we uh, make it down to west virginia or your neck of the woods uh, maybe January, February, March. It's either the states to Mexico or to Australia. One of the two. So uh awesome. We'll see. We'll see where well, it takes us. I'll reach out you, to you.
1: Yeah, you have a, a a spot to park anytime here if you need.
0: Well as well. If you come up past Maine and uh, we're we're gonna be on the east coast in Nova Scotia, Cape Breton, that area. If awesome. you want to come and see the east coast of Canada when it's warm, you're okay. more than welcome <laughs> to uh, stay as well. All right. All right, well, thanks, buddy. I yeah, appreciate it yourself. and I love your buck.
1: Thank you so much for uh, picking up a copy, and it was a pleasure to talk with you.
0: All right, thanks Will.
1: Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for carving out some time in your day to listen to this week's edition of A Canadian Schoolie podcast. You can listen to more of our podcasts through Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, or from wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to reach out to us through our website, acanadianschoolie.ca, Or follow us on Instagram and YouTube under A Canadian Schooling. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to
1: one another.